0: This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Well, today's a unique Sunday. Thank you for being here. What a what an amazing weekend we had last weekend as we celebrated 20 years. So many emotions. I almost didn't want to come to church today myself because I was like, oh my gosh, there's just so much stirring in my heart over this season and what's happening. I just need some space to reflect and just to process. But I'm glad you're here because here's what's going to happen today, a little bit different. I'm going to speak to you. In just a minute about um, this, the, the, the purpose of today as we we celebrate this commitment Sunday, which is exciting. I believe there's something very significant spiritually that's going to take place as we move forward together from this moment. Now that we've celebrated 20 plus years of ministry, and then we're going to take this this opportunity to step forward together in, in generosity. And then as we conclude today, um, I'm going to give you some some information about the transition that we're in in terms of our new facility and where we're moving from here, all right? So here's what I want to do. If you would turn with me, if you have your Bibles, if not, they'll be on the screen to Acts chapter two, verse 42. And as we do that, let me just pray. Lord, thank you for your beauty in this place, Lord, because these precious friends are here for your presence, Lord. And will you help me to just represent you or represent you as I share from the word of God this morning from my heart not so much a message but just uh, a vulnerable expression of my love to you and to these friends in Jesus name amen so before we read Acts chapter 2 verse 42 let me just give you a little context Um, this was a unique moment in the life of this thing that we call the church which as we've expressed numerous times here over the years, it has nothing to do with a building. It has nothing to do with some organization. It's all about the people that have been created in the image of God that, that the, the Lord is longing to have connected back to his heart as the Father. And so Jesus came, we know this um, as, as we've we've studied this together over the years. we know Jesus came and gave himself as a sacrifice that opened up and bridged the gap that was once cut off because of the fall of man between us and our Creator, the one who made us in His image and in, in our likeness and so this thing started out it was it was kind of like a pressure moment, right where there was a lot of things stirring in in the And the day uh, that these ones found themselves in, the early church, were only about, what was, I think, 120 people gathered in this upper room. And there was a lot that was going on, a lot of persecution that was coming against these folks and stuff. But they were the ones that the Lord had chose to actually um, experience breakthrough that was going to make space for the others that would come behind them now over the 2,000-plus years. I think even today there's something like... 2 billion people around the world that are following Jesus, and that's only because of these ones that God used to set an atmosphere of breakthrough so that others people could come in. It was beautiful. Because we see later that the actual design of the church and what the church was to look like, we find in Acts chapter 13, the church at Antioch where now there's a people not in pressure and just trying to survive, but they're thriving on mission. Everybody say mission. So they're thriving in the things they've been called to do. There was this moment previous here in the book of Acts where there was pressure. They were like, man, I don't know if we're going to make it. I don't know how we're going to get through this situation. But then they were thrust out from that into Acts chapter 13, where now the church was on mission and it was turning the known world upside down. If you look back on the historical account of this, every place where there were human beings, you know, the gospel went. And each part of the world that had never been touched by this beautiful thing called love was impacted greatly for the glory of God. So here's what Acts chapter 2 verse 42 says. And I love this verse. Every word here is intentional by the Holy Spirit to give us insight into what was going on. It says, every believer. Can I pause right there? Every believer. Not just some of the believers, but every believer at the time was, he says, fully or faithfully devoted to the teachings of the apostles and their hearts were mutually linked to one another sharing communion and coming together regularly for prayer now out in the lobby and I don't say this is a plug if, if you don't even have the resources to purchase tell the people we'll give you one for free but we put together a book that took me I, I shared last week at our, our anniversary Sunday it took me five years to complete, and the reason for that is a thing called a d h d distractions okay distractions during the writing i mean I was watching this this funny uh, ut- uh Instagram video on someone who had ADHD and and it was just hilarious. I was like, man, I so resonate with that. But for real, it just I just would get into a thought and into a flow and then another thought would come in my mind and take me off in a completely different direction. But at the end of the day, I am proud of that book because I believe there's a message in it and there's some story behind it as it relates to our lives. It's very vulnerable, it's very raw where we're trying to just, you know, put ourselves out there so that it would inspire others to put themselves out there and be vulnerable so I'd love for you to check it out. But one of the things that I share in the book is when I was growing up as a kid, my parents went through a divorce when I was younger. um, God literally, I believe this, sent my stepfather into our lives and into our homes. I don't know if me and my brother could have made it. My mom was trying to take care of us as children, as a single mom who was working as a nurse at the time. And my stepdad was a coach for the local high school track and field team, and he specifically coached pole vaulters. Now, I know that is such a random sport. The majority of you have no clue of what that's all about, but it was something that I would go as a third grader and watch these guys soaring over these massive heights. It was like one of the most incredible things I'd ever seen as, as a child. And I was like, I want to do that one day. I want to be a pole vaulter one day. I want to, and I remember going to my stepfather in third grade, telling him, I want to jump. I want to, I want to learn how to do this. He said, Darren, you're too small. You're too young. You can't do it. And those were the worst things that my stepdad could have told me because I did the exact opposite. Can I get him in? So me and my buddy, Russ Canole, he's in the book. We, we, we got these, um, uh, literally these these tree limbs from the, the nearby mountains, clip them off, and we begin to use those as, as pole vault poles, because my dad wouldn't give me one in the backyard of Russ Canole's house, and we'd stack up these blocks of wood. We ended up getting this crossbar. We had, we had a few mattresses laying on the ground, and that was the beginning of our pole vaulting days. <laughs> But what I discovered, you know, when you're younger, and I'm going to show you two videos today, when you're younger in your journey, and whatever that is, there's, how many of you know there's a growth process of of maturing into what you're actually called to be and called to do? Now, as it relates to commitment, and I, I say this with, with just complete, uh, I'm just completely convinced of this, I don't know... If there's another sport or an event like pole vaulting that you had better be committed to, because if not, you can die. Okay? Like for real. Like you can literally die. I wanna I want to show this one video of, of a guy that's just kind of starting out in pole vaulting, and I want to give you an example of what I'm kind of talking about. This guy was 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 sincere, but he was not committed. And um, this is this is what happens when you're not fully committed. It gets worse. <laughs> okay, you can stop. So, 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 I've had that. It's called a rejection. Okay, that's that's what it's literally called in pole vault terms. It's a rejection, and and the thing that's wild about this is, is. And I can't explain the whole technique of pole vaulting, but basically what you'll see in his technique there, he's he's looking at the bar, his legs that are supposed to be completely inverted like this are kind of before him laying down like this. And what, what happens when you do that, when you're not fully committed, you only have a degree of momentum that will get you so far into the pit. I've seen actually worse rejections than that one where someone just goes just a, a few feet in and then the pole snaps them back out and there's some serious injuries that happen when you are not committed. And what I've learned over over the years as I, was, as I was doing this event was there was a moment where you become so skilled in, 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 in your passion of what you want to see happen in terms of the heights that, that you're going to soar to, that you're running on the runway with all of your heart, but there's this moment after you plant the pole into the box where, where you literally swing your body upside down, and you literally don't see... The crossbar are what, what, what height you're going to clear until after you're already over that. Can I show you this next video? This is of Armand Duplantis. He's one of the best pole vaulters in the world right now, holds the, the, the world record. Watch the difference between vault number one that we saw in this one. Watch right here where he gets completely upside down. He can't see anything. listen, this is where we're going as the church. If we want to see something great, there has to be this place in our journey where we're not going by sight at all. There's tremendous risk in it. It's like, Oh my goodness, like, am I going to survive this moment? I mean, I I remember telling Wendy, after I, I, I retired in my career at the university, after competing at the University of South Carolina for five years, was a conference champion, one of the best pole vaulters in the country, and I remember retiring, I was going, man, I'm glad I made it through that season and didn't die, you know? But I loved it because there was an opportunity for me to learn. Listen, here's what I want to say to you. For me, it was pole vaulting. For you, it may be something else. There's an opportunity for us to learn in circumstances in life what it actually means and looks like to be committed to something. Like to, to literally lean in and say, hey, I'm going to commit myself to this fully Because I'm not going to live halfway in between. It's like this passion of what Jesus is wanting to come and see in each of our lives. Going back to Acts chapter 2 verse 42, Peter is trying to describe to us what it looks like to be committed, to faithfully devote ourselves continually to three things— his word, he talks about the apostles' teaching. What would it look like if, man, we gave ourselves to the word of God, not only the written word of God, but as God was speaking to us in our lives on what he wanted to do in this moment in human history. Committed to his body, this thing called the church, where they, they, they fellowshiped with one another. They were willing to, to step outside of their comfort zone and, and give themselves fully to other people in this journey. And then lastly, to his will, it said that they were in prayer constantly, listening to the voice of God, trying to to hear what the Lord was saying to them. You know, over the past five weeks now, we've been hitting on some words, and we started, as Sergio mentioned, with obedience. Like, this is where God wants us to align with his will, and the simplicity of it is a thing called saying yes. Just saying yes. Do you know how powerful your yes is to this thing called the kingdom of God? That's where it all begins. Like God is, is asking you to do X and then you respond with this faith-filled yes, Lord. He's not asking you to do all these other things that sometimes we give ourselves to. He's just asking you to do this and there's obedience to trust him and say yes. We looked at, at the word trust more in detail the next week, and this is where intimacy really begins to, to grow and be cultivated in our life as it relates to God. Any married people in the room? I see a show of hands. Without trust, there can be no intimacy. That's why the enemy is trying to break trust between Relationships. priority, and these are all simple words, but there's so much power in these words if we could follow God in them. It's where we give the things of God first place. Remember we talked about how when Paul was teaching, he was saying, hey, all these other things, all the things you need in your life, your clothing, your, your, your food, your, the things that it takes for you to get through the day, like all these things will be taken care of for you, but give me, says God, the first place. Give me the priority, and I'll take care of all the rest. We looked at a, a really difficult word, surrender, where this is where we come to, to death to ourselves. Where it's not our will anymore, but it's God's will being done in our lives. And today as we conclude, and and I think it's so fitting after a massive weekend last weekend as we're now moving into, we're out of the hype now. It was a beautiful weekend. Worship, room was packed, banquet on Saturday for some of our friends that aren't a part of Harbor and the community, pastors, leaders. Marketplace leaders, some of the people that have come, came back in to to visit with us on Saturday night, and then a massive, beautiful celebration on Sunday, 20 years. But here we are today saying, God, we want to be committed to what you're doing. This is where it really takes root where we say, I'm going to put my heart into this for Real. Look at Matthew chapter 6 verse 21 says. What does he say? For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Your time. Time is the biggest treasure in our lives. How many of you know that people are going to be where they really want to be? They're going to go do what they really want to do. It's like, this, why? That, that's not bad. It's actually, that's where their treasure is. Like, here's what is valuable to me. Here's where I'm going to give my time. Time is, it's, it's numerous, but it can never be, you know, it can never be taken back. We're having, we have a moment right now to, to give our time to things that we feel God leading us to give ourselves to. It's a heart connection. Our talents are the next one. It's where, man, the things that we have in our lives, and each of you are going to be positioned differently in how you're expressing the talents that are inside of you. Some of you are going to be in business. Some of you are going to be moms. Some of you are going to be in in education. Some in medicine, as as Wendy has has been for now the last 15 plus years. Other people expressing the glory of God through the talents that are on the inside of their lives that God gave us. And then lastly, financial resources. This morning, Wendy and I sat here together and on our phones, because we wanted to lead the way, we have an automatic deduction that comes out of our account every month at X amount. And we went ahead and made an edit to that. I didn't even know we could do this in the Church Center app, but it's so cool. We went in we made an edit to that. And now every other month from here on out, we increased our monthly commitment to the work of the kingdom of heaven through this house. And then we did something that was a little scary. We put our faith out there and we gave a large one-time gift to this church community to help make the way for us to transition from this building into what's next. It was kind of scary pressing that button, you know? Even my bank account was like, alert, alert, over, you know, the normal limit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I was getting all these emails and stuff flashing up. But is anybody in here, and and maybe, maybe there's one person I think that would know this answer for sure, but does anybody know the name... Roger Bannister. Maggie who's Roger Bannister? Okay, so what she said in case you and, and Maggie by the way was a world-class professional 800-meter runner for those that don't know us. She was a beast back in the day and probably still is, could beat Dean for sure around the block, all right, if you guys were to race each other. But Roger Bannister, in 1954, was the first human being to break the four-minute mile, okay? Do you know what was said of of physioscientists that studied the human body? They said the four-minute mile and breaking that time frame is an absolute impossibility, humanly speaking. No one had broken the four minute mile before, no matter how hard they trained, no matter their genetics, no matter how much they gave themselves to it. But somehow, Robert Roger Bannister was able to break the four minute mile, which was awesome. But you know what was even more awesome than that? Every year since 1954, at least between 10 to 20 other human beings now break the four-minute mile every single year. God used, in this sense, a human being to open up a dimension and a realm that humans had never been able to accomplish before, and now it's commonplace. In fact, if you don't break the four-minute mile, you're really not even that good of a, of, of a miler, to be honest, and, and all things being considered. I believe God is raising up a generation that are going to be so filled with obedient yeses, so locked in to trust and intimacy with God that it's going to blow our minds. So giving the kingdom of God first place, we're not going to be so drawn by the things of the world anymore, thinking that and just living as orphans, begging for bread, where we think, man, I'm just going to hold on to self, self, self. Because we know that the Father has us and we're going to be living in this place of priority out of intimacy with him. Surrendering. Lord, you have given me breath. You have given me talents. You have given me access to financial resources and I'm going to live for you with my heart fully connected at the deepest level. Where your treasure is There, your heart will be also. I want to say this as we invite the team back up, and I'm just going to take a minute. We're going to make this uber practical today. This is a little different Sunday for those of you that are visiting, because this is really a Sunday for those that call Harbor Home, but we're glad you're here because you can peer into what the Lord is getting ready to do. I say this boldly in my book. I've, I've said it with my life now for the last 20 years. I believe a breakthrough in planet Earth with the love of God is right, right there, so thin. It's right around the corner, and we're going to see something so profound. And what could it look like? If God took a little group of people and said, Lord, use me to shift the atmosphere, make space where others can run and fly and soar in this same direction. What could that look like? I've already expressed this so many times, but I I just, I want to qualify and say this again. I know that people in church have been so burned and disillusioned by manipulation, a lack of integrity as it relates to finances and this thing called the church. Can I be financially transparent with you guys? Right now, we have three people on staff. None of them, which I'm one, none of us get compensated to the level that we can fully live off of that. In other words, we're working other jobs, we're doing other things, because we're not in this for what we're getting paid. We're in this for the Lord. If I have to do it for free, meaning go and work full time outside of this place, I will. Because I'm committed to like what God is up to in the world. I know that there's a calling on my life, on Wendy's life, to be leaders in this thing called the body of Christ. So there's no big salaries here. There's no big expenses going towards staff. It's it's like it's like a labor from the heart. What's beautiful about the transition that we're getting ready to go into starting after Sunday, November 6th, as we had even a team in this weekend, um, categorizing every single thing that we have here, figuring out, are we going to move this? Are we going to store this? Are we going to sell this? Are we going to give this away to another church? Whatever that's going to look like. We're able to save a tremendous amount of resources on the facilities that we'll be inhabiting out in Coral Springs and the wild thing about this oh no I said Coral Springs (gasps) it's just west of here just a couple of miles on sample and for some of you that live out west you're like we've always been a regional church we've had people driving from Port St. Lucie to Miami to come here it's a cool building same exact square footage as this facility that you're gonna love. I can't wait to show it to you. So, we're not putting exorbitant resources into facilities. You know where we're putting them into? People, a city, nations. We've got over 40 countries around the world that have nothing. Many of them have never heard the gospel. We've sown more resources into church plants and other ministries and people that are hurting, benevolence resources that have gone out because that's what matters. That's what brings change and transformation. So today on a commitment Sunday, which will be giving opportunity leading up to November 5th, as we're saying, hey, Here I am, I'm willing to take a step forward together with you in our generosity, financially speaking. So this is where, like, I believe the needs that we have here are in the house. They're in this community. If each life would just say, I'm gonna take a step forward, I've been giving zero, I'm gonna give this now. Or I've been giving this consistently, I wanna give an extra whatever to meet our budget. If we had just 84 people give $100 extra a month, we would totally meet our annual budget. And then we could start to save from there because we have dreams to see a facility that's uniquely designed. We want to get creative with it where we can touch lives in our community seven days a week not just in a service on Sunday, or Saturday night or whenever it may be. We want to employ um kids that have aged out of foster care, that don't still have a family, that have never been mentored, that have never been taken into a community and say, hey, you're valuable and you can make it and you can be successful in this world. Hey, come hang out with us for a little bit. We want to train you and equip you in this space to be successful in life. We want to make room for other churches and ministries in our community that have nowhere to go, that can't afford rent in different places. And we want to create an event center type facility one day where other ministries, and it's time for us to father in this way, other ministries can come in and find a refuge where they can give to God, to this region, through a space like that. So... What's the reason for the card? The card, this is not a contract. In fact, none of you have to do anything today. But it's just a practical tool where you can say, hey, here's what I've been doing each year up till now. Here's what I want to do. And here's a, a one-time gift if God would lead you to do that. Let me explain the one-time gift thing because this is important. When we were going through, and it's it's a longer story for us to share Um, the difficulty here with our campus that we've been on for 15 years being kind of taken from us in essence it was like hard but it was beautiful because God took me to a whole new place in this realm we had hoped that we would be in this facility well into 2024 but the doors to that just started to close and then God opened up a door for us out in this facility out west but it happened fast, and so I'm like, Lord, how are we going to do this? How are we going to pay for three men in a truck? <laughs> I'm not talking luxury moving. Co- I'm talking three men in a truck here just to come and take some chairs in their van out west for us. Like, So this is where we're trusting, like, God, would you put it on people's hearts, That's why we gave the one-time gift that we did because we knew that there's expenses that are going to go towards this move. Consider helping us to transition from this season that we're in into a brand new moment, okay? The last thing I want to, I'll actually do this now and then we're going to take just a minute and just go before the Lord. But on your chair also is important dates. So we'll talk about these more next week. But this is where we talk about our last gathering being here, November 5th, that from the 6th through the 30th, there's some moving dates and times that if you want to get involved and feel connected in the process, we would love to have you. There's QR codes down in the bottom on how to get connected to serve teams during that time. And then on December 2nd, 5.30 p.m., we're going to have our first gathering, the new location, which I'm so excited about. Because it's just going to be decorated in Christmas beauty. It's going to be all the emotional feels of a special time of holidays together. And so it's going to be an incredible time. We would love for you to be involved with us in the process. So if you could take a look at this as you go. But here's what we're going to do. And you don't have to do it this morning, but we're making space for it. If you could fill this out. Wendy, did you do ours already? Okay, good. We're going to come as Keneal sings and we're just going to give some space for us to fill that out and then come bring it before the Lord down here. One of the things that was so awesome in the early church is they literally laid the resources before the apostles' feet. And that's kind of what we're doing. More of the word of God, like, Lord, here we are moving into a brand new season. So can we just pray into this moment and we'll give space as Keneal is singing for you to come and if you want to lay these commitment cards into these baskets at the front we'd appreciate it thanks for tuning in to the harbor church podcast i hope that you were enriched inspired and blessed by what you heard please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on instagram youtube facebook and twitter you can also download our harbor church mobile app thanks for listening and we'll see you next time